to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship if you should find yourself in our neighborhood. At 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In many ways, this Mary and Martha account has got to be one of the most annoying episodes in the Gospels. Annoying because it always seems to leave you sort of between the rock and the hard place. I'm sure you're wondering, what the Dickens is he talking about? Well, think about this. If you're too much like the active, diligent Martha, then you're ignoring your guest and wasting an opportunity. But if you're too much like the devoted, captivated Mary, then you're wasting time and failing in your responsibilities. They're almost like opposites that have to be squeezed into the same moments of your day. And which one is right? As a pastor, I've been in a lot of homes over the years. I don't get a lot of invitations, I'll admit to that. But it has more to do, I think, with the busy lives and overwhelming responsibilities of my parishioners, I hope, than a desire to keep me out of their homes. Well, I say that with a a little bit of a nagging thought that maybe that's there too. Ah, whatever. But out of my distant memory, I remember visiting a member who graciously invited me to sit in her living room, and she had gone to the adjoining kitchen to get us something to drink. And while she was in the kitchen, the telephone rang, and the telephone was right there in the kitchen, and I could see it from where I was sitting. It was, you know, a long uh, living room that went straight into the kitchen. Well, it was a welcome call, I think, because the lady was smiling and animatedly having a wonderful time carrying on a conversation with the person at the other end of the line. After half an hour with no indication at all that she would soon be wrapping up her telephone visit, I got up and indicated to my host that I really needed to be on my way and would be leaving. And she smiled at me and she waved goodbye without ever stopping the conversation on the phone. She was a good person, by the way, don't misunderstand. But something distracted her and took up all of her attention. You know, sometimes one is obliged to sort out their priorities and put some things off till a better time. And who knows? Maybe she had it right. Well, certainly Martha was not wrong in trying to be a good host to Jesus by doing whatever she was doing while Mary sat and focused on Jesus himself. It was kind of like one was taking care of the the guest while the other was taking care of the guest. Just different ways. 
But I think Jesus' comment to Martha was probably a response not to what they were doing, but a response to Martha's complaining to Jesus, you know. Here I'm doing all the hard stuff. I'm trying to get some snacks ready. I'm trying to make the place just comfortable for you. And she's just sitting there like a bump on a log. Please tell her to get with it and help me out. And that's when Jesus said something that Martha never would have expected or she wouldn't have said anything in the first place. You know, you've got time to do this later, but you know what? Mary's made the right choice. And by implication, you didn't, Martha. Sometimes I like to watch a channel on television that shows a lot of old TV shows. Some of you watch it too, I think. Dick Van Dyke show, and and uh, they were showing the Bob Newhart show, the ones that had situation comedies that were so much fun to watch, and, and uh, it's nice to see them again. But there was one show that comes on, The Odd Couple, a TV version of the successful Broadway play in the movie. And I, de- I identified with it because... Well, when I was back in college, my first two years, I was a good representation of Oscar Madison, the sloppy sports writer. My roommate and good friend Dan, uh, he was a great unintentional impersonation of Felix Unger, the, the roommate of Oscar in the TV show. Dan was, well... He was sort of an obsessive-compulsive when it came to doing things in the proper way and keeping things neat and clean. For example, Dan immediately folded his sweaters after washing them in a particularly delicate detergent designed for sweaters and, and knit things. And then he'd dry it on the delicate cycle of the dryer and then he would hang them on a coat hanger so they would dry and keep their their shape. And then he would fold them very neatly and put them each in their own respective labeled boxes. Told what sweater it was, what color, if it had stripes. And then he would stack them very neatly on the shelf in his closet right over where the other clothes were hanging on hangers. It was a long closet, and half of it was mine, and half was his. And I, for years, had a photograph of Dan standing there with his hand on his chin, staring down at the pile of clothes in the bottom of my half of the closet. No labeled boxes for the sweaters. It was disturbing for him. Didn't really disturb me, but it did him. Well, years have passed, and I'm a lot better at taking care of hanging things up and putting them in their their right place now. Now, probably the best thing I ever did was to marry Inga, who makes sure that I don't leave piles of clothes on the bed anymore. Those of you that are not sitting in the back row miss her nodding. Marriage. It has, as Luther said, a way of rubbing the, the rough edges off of a, of a fellow. 
Now, as although Dan and I each had our own idiosyncrasies, and you could probably guess which of the two of us was the one who got straight A's in classes, we were great friends. We respected each other. We loved doing things together. And even today, although he lives far from here, up in, in Wyoming, we still have contact. In the Mary and Martha account, we see two sisters who clearly loved each other a lot, but whose personalities were not a perfect match. And I don't think you maybe noticed it from the lesson that we had today, but we didn't hear a thing at all about their brother Lazarus, you know, the one that was raised from the dead. He's busy somewhere else. Maybe he was sitting there with Mary and just wasn't mentioned. Or maybe he was busy leaving piles of clothes on his bed. Who knows? But we do know that Martha was at least a little bit peeved with Mary, who was apparently, to her, just sitting on her duff and not working hard at all about being a good hostess. But as I sometimes like to do, let's take a different vantage point and look at it maybe from a different viewpoint. Find something new in the old story. First, look at Mary. She's not simply dodging certain responsibilities by sitting at Jesus' feet, listening avidly to whatever he was saying. You see, in those days, that was culturally a faux pas, something you just don't do. Women simply in that Jewish society, they did not simply sit down and talk to a man they weren't married or engaged to at the very least. It wasn't accepted. And in, in, in certain Muslim uh, societies today, it still isn't. The fact that Jesus was evidently teaching her something in the way of theology or religion was a radical thing. Men would do that with each other. Men would sit together in the synagogue while women sat someplace else. This was a radical thing that was going on in Mary and Martha's house. Jesus, one-to-one, talking with this person, this woman. There's a verse in the Talmud, Jewish book of wisdom, that states, it is better to burn the Torah than to teach it to a woman. Whoa. But that's what Jesus was doing. He was teaching to a woman. And that was something that people noticed, believe me. Probably a lot of gossip going on. Did you see what... I was walking past their house and you wouldn't believe what I... No. There's that. And then there's Martha who comes across probably as a type A personality who can't sit still or experience simple pleasure without being driven by responsibility and duty. And I'll bet you all know someone like that. Can't sit still for very long. Got to be doing something. Got to get something cleaned or set up or put away or something, something. But this would simply underestimate her passion and her faith because I believe, and I think you do too, that Martha was just as fond of Jesus as Mary was. 
Don't forget, it was Martha who spoke up at an earlier time and dared to scold Jesus. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Where were you when we needed you? And it was Martha who made that bold testimony of faith where she says, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. Not many people, not even his disciples were at that point in their faith yet. So don't sell Martha short. She wanted Jesus to be comfortable and well-fed, and and she wouldn't have answered the telephone if she had one, but she was pretty traditional, too. And her sister, Mary, my guess is that she probably would have done a very good job of tending to Jesus, too, if Martha hadn't already been doing such a good job of things. But she was captivated by what Jesus had to say. Now, our good Lutheran piety leads us to believe, I think, that Jesus never made a mistake or never missed time to comment or a deed. I remember hearing that Abraham Lincoln once said that a person who has never made a mistake has never learned anything at all. So there's an awful lot of learning that's gone on in my life and probably in this room, too, as as a whole. Of course, Jesus was a special case. But I always wonder if he might have been better off simply smiling and not having said a single thing rather than telling Martha that Mary had made the better choice. That's the kind of comment that can get you lutefisk and beets for dinner the next time you come by to visit. In recent times, I've had the opportunity to observe two sisters who get along pretty well together. They have lots of similarities, lots of differences, and even have had times where they didn't agree with each other. But on the whole, there is no one in the world they would rather spend lots of time with than with each other. I remember a time when Inga and Mariana, my sister-in-law, my wife, they were talking about growing up together in Germany. And somehow the conversation turned to which one of them was their parents' favorite. And you know what? They both thought that they were the favorite. Wow, is that cool or what? I wouldn't be surprised if both Mary and Martha pretty much felt the same thing with regard to Jesus, that he liked them the best. I doubt very much that Mary and Martha were engaged in any kind of sibling rivalry. They each just had their own respective agendas, and a particular moment in time dictated for each one of them, according to their personalities, what was most important. I think the gospel today reminds us that we need to have a certain balance in our lives, too. And how boring would it be if every one of us was just like the person you're sitting next to or standing in front of? Nah, diversity is the spice of life, and God has given us great diversity in this family of faith and in our own families under the same roof we live under at home. Try to recall, of course, that last 
today's gospel kind of follows last week's gospel of the Good Shepherd, where at the conclusion of this parable, Jesus commanded them to go and do likewise. Be like Mary. Be like Martha. Do the works of mercy and compassion, but don't let your good deeds get separated from the word of God. You know, we need it all. It's not an either-or thing at all. It's not to say that you should be in church instead of at Six Flags, or that you should be coming to vacation Bible school instead of soccer practice. No, we need and we do ultimately have the time to do it all. Don't neglect one for the other, but if you have to make a choice, of course, I'm your pastor. You don't have any surprise at all if I say, do the godly thing. But don't forget, Jesus also went to weddings and had a good time. Mary and Martha really aren't, after all, opposites. They are complementary to each other. They are supportive of each other and should not be separated. They are, if you will, the yin and yang of a balanced spiritual life. And as such, they're both pretty good role models for us. In the end, they were both motivated by their love of Jesus. That's a good place for us to launch our lives into the new week. This is the first day of the new week. There was that cliche a few years ago where they'd say, today is the first day of the rest of your life. Well, at least this Sunday, this time of gathering together in the house of God, hearing about Jesus and knowing what he did for us, that's a good way to jump off the springboard into the life that's going to follow this afternoon, tomorrow, all the way until we meet again. And I think in the end that we're a role model for others, just as Mary and Martha were for us. May you find it an exciting time this week as you see how your life is an inspiration to others. And that's good enough for me. It's good enough to say, Amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.